This episode is about reading beyond the headline, questioning the source of information, and dodging the never-ending greenwashing. Hello! Welcome to Earth Care Mini! I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and I'm on a mission to make climate change an approachable and not-so-overwhelming conversation for everyone. Now, normally, this is the podcast where we meet climate heroes, activists, experts, entrepreneurs, and get their take on how we can help save the planet. And that's still the case, but since we all need to be involved with climate action and the climate crisis is happening as we speak, I wanted to share some of the lessons that I've learned. I am unlearning, and I'm still learning with respect to this planet and the people on it. The lessons are big, but the episodes are many. Consider them two bite brownie-sized episodes for the planet. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines greenwashing as the act or practice of making a product, policy, activity, etc. appear to be more environmentally friendly or less environmentally damaging than it really is. And my goodness, it is everywhere. I've been ending these mini podcasts with a challenge, but this time I'm going to start with one. Here are a bunch of environmental terms that have now been turned into these green buzzwords, okay? Sustainable or any variation of the word, you know, sustainably made, sustainability, plant-based, green, ethically sourced, net zero, carbon neutral, vegan. So for the next week, I challenge you to pay attention to how often you see or hear these words in marketing. All of them can lead to really great things and should be what companies are truly working toward achieving, but when the word is used as often as it is, we kind of stop questioning it, right? Like if I said bardolatry, you might stop me and say, hey, what does that mean? I've never heard that word before. But when you see the word sustainable or plant-based everywhere, it almost becomes like background noise. You just accept that it's part of our day-to-day conversation and move on from it. But these words have to be questioned and challenged because when they aren't, We let companies get away with greenwashing. By the way, I literally Googled unique words. Bardolatry is a humorous, excessive admiration of Shakespeare. Random. Earlier this year, I took a sustainability reporting course at the University of Toronto, and one of the biggest takeaways was to question everything. There are a lot of very successful companies with the budget to pay people to communicate something in a way that would make it seem as if their operation is sunshine and rainbows, right? But when you take a step back, and start to question it, you know, read between the lines, the math doesn't always add up. The most recent example was this billboard I drove by on the highway for a telecommunications company, not the one I work for, that said something along the lines of farming sustainable produce. And when I read that immediately, these red flags were going off in my head. First of all, you're a telecommunications company. What do you have to do with farming produce, let alone farming it sustainably? So when I got home, I Googled it. I read all about it on their website, but because it's on their website, it obviously seemed perfect, right? Which is why it can't end there. I then Googled the technology that they're using from other sources to compare perspectives. If you ask me, is Beyonce perfect? I will say yes, but she's one of my favorite artists, so I obviously put her on a pedestal. If you want a more detailed answer, you might want to ask a few other people just to be safe and get that unbiased opinion. Now, I won't get into all the fine print of what I read on this website, but I mostly just want to stress the importance of getting a second opinion and sourcing your information, right? This is the tool we need to develop in order to spot greenwashing. If there's an article titled, Beyonce is the greatest artist of all time, and then you see that it's written by Beyonce's number one fan, me, it might not be a fair comparison to other artists, right? Which is often why you'll see articles that are stressing the health benefits of dairy. And then you look deeper and see it's funded by dairy farmers. 
In fact, this was interesting. There was this commercial airing for milk products from a major dairy company. And in the commercial, it said their milk was sustainably made. Here come those red flags again. This is a major dairy company, and factory farming is one of the biggest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions from so many levels. So what about your operation makes it sustainable? I'm genuinely curious. So again, I went to the website and read through literally every page, and there wasn't one mention of the word sustainable. Once you begin spending time with this, you quickly realize how easy it is to spot companies and people who are truly trying to be sustainable versus the ones who are not. They usually have that information readily available, easily accessed, and easy to read. Taking actionable steps to mitigate climate risk is something to be proud of. Why would you not want to show that off? So if it's hard to find on the website, there's a hot chance it's greenwashing. This obviously doesn't apply to all scenarios. There might be an independent small business who doesn't have time or can't afford to pay a web designer to add in all this snazzy information about their sustainability. But in that case, ask them. Again, it's something that people are proud of. So since I didn't see any information on the farm's website, that was my next step. I emailed them and I asked about their sustainability practice. Crickets. So I waited a while while still hearing that commercial air and then messaged them on Instagram. Nothing. If you're a big factory farm that has truly figured out a way to make your operation sustainable in an industry of destruction, would you not be singing that from the rooftops? It doesn't add up. Although I never heard back, a new commercial eventually aired that didn't have the buzzwords in it anymore. I'm not in any way saying that that was because of me, but hey, maybe, maybe I wasn't the only one. And behind the scenes, there was a community of concerned listeners that caught them in their greenwashing. Either way, the buzzwords were gone, which means no more misleading customers. It's not always where we're spending our money, too. How many times have you read a headline and that's it? That's all you need to know about that story. I catch myself doing this all the time and I literally have to step back and say either read the full story or you don't get to talk about it. That's the reason Twitter introduced the feature that asks you, have you read the full story before retweeting it? A recent major headline was Freya the Walrus in a town in Norway. Absolutely devastating story. If you don't know the story, Freya became... A familiar face around the boardwalks in this town in Norway, you would see her climbing onto people's boats and sunbathing, and as more people learned that she would hang out there, more tourists came by. Well, Norway then deemed her as a threat to the public because tourists were getting too close to her and euthanized her. Now, we can talk for 45 minutes about everything that's wrong with that sentence, but that was the headline, Freya, a threat to the public. What caught my eye, though, was this tweet by someone named at unpop underscore science on Twitter. They wrote, Freya the walrus was a climate refugee. She came to human society in search of a place to rest because we destroyed her sea ice home. Then we killed her because she damaged a couple of boats. There's so much more to the story than Freya being a threat to the public. It was reported that Freya likely made her journey over from the Arctic and was climbing up onto boats because she mistook them for floating ice. But if we go off the headlines, well, hey, they did what they had to do to protect the people in that area. How can you argue with that? If you dig deeper into it, will Freya be the last climate refugee to make her way over? We as humans are creating man-made issues that are pushing animals out of their natural habitat. So where are they supposed to go? How many Freyas will we have to say bye to until we finally sit back and acknowledge what's pushing the walrus out of their habitat in the first place, you know? Or, hey, in British Columbia, we hear story after story of bears coming closer to neighborhoods and showing up in people's yards even. And sure, reading that is absolutely terrifying. But when do we talk about all of the tree logging that's happening in BC that is pushing wildlife out of their homes? Put yourself in the cosmetics aisle of a store. 
how many products now have green buzzwords on the packaging or have changed their packaging to literally the color green. Greenwashing is everywhere. And as consumers, whether that's with our money or with our time, it's up to us to understand it. Now, you might think, why? Why is that on me? Why is that my responsibility? Well, depending on who or what you're dealing with, that greenwashing could be massively destructive. In fact, the team at EcoJustice is currently assisting with opening an investigation into RBC for misleading the public on their climate action. Greenwashing. Why is that bad? RBC is one of the biggest investors into the fossil fuel industry. So if they make us think they're making great strides toward a more livable planet, they can then quietly get away with their contributions to the fossil fuel industry, which completely contradicts everything we're being told has to happen in order to create a more sustainable future. One of these things is not like the other. So here are some quick tips to spot greenwashing. Like I said off the top, Pay attention to those buzzwords. Once you notice how frequently they're used, it's going to be easier to see where they actually make sense. Read the full article and check out who funded that information. Check the website for sustainability claims. I've come across a ton of local businesses who are trying and openly talk about the changes that they made and the work that they still need to do. So even though they don't have these 100-page reports to offer, the transparency that they provide is really telling. If the information to validate their claims isn't available, reach out and ask for more information. Let them know that you're a concerned paying customer who wants to support their business, but will need a bit more information first. Get a second opinion and overall be willing to operate a bit slower. Through this entire process, there have been so many times where I've run out of something that I was used to buying. And instead of heading over to the store to just quickly replace it, I stopped and I went on the computer and researched a more sustainable alternative. Over time, you do start to build that catalog in your head of trusted resources, and then you put yourself back in the driver's seat with your purchasing power. If I stopped buying something because they weren't morally aligning with how I want to spend my money and instead shopped elsewhere, that sends a powerful message to companies explaining what we want as consumers. Thank you so much for listening to this EarthCare Mini and the final one. Like I've said for the past couple of weeks, I've been plugging away behind the scenes, gathering the next round of interviews because EarthCare is, of course, an interview series. I'm so excited to share them all with you. I've been meeting activists. I was introduced to new organizations, been chatting with scientists, and every guest, of course, is going to share another way that we can move forward with the environment in mind. So it's time for me to get to editing those so we can all enjoy them together. Until then, all of the previous interviews live online wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe, whatever that button says on the device that you're listening to this episode on. And if you have time, hey, leave a review. Let me know what you want to learn about or chat about next. I really do appreciate your feedback. We can also connect online at EarthCare Show on Instagram and TikTok or earthcareshow.com for more information. Again, thank you so much for checking out EarthCare and learning with me and letting EarthCare be a part of your day. It honestly means so much. And I'll be back soon with a bunch of incredible guests that I can't wait for you to meet.